welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Astra Theatre Company. I am joined today by someone who actually shares my first name, which is crazy. Uh, this person is uh, an originally from Kansas City and has since been working off-Broadway and at many really cool regional spaces across the country. The one and only Taylor Harvey. <laughs> How are you doing, Taylor? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. It feels weird to say that. Um, it feels like I'm asking I, myself a question. I did have that thought as well. And, you know, our last names are so similar too. the H.A.R. really, yes. really gets me. <laughs> it is very confusing. I actually do have a, a memory of a particular moment that this confused me because um, Growing up in a similar area, we both went to a thespian conference in Wichita, which is like a local arts um, sort of training ground education for high school youth. And I remember they're handing out scholarships in the auditorium, like at the end. And I remember waiting and they were like, Taylor, Har, and I was like, oh, and they said V and I was like, fuck. But then it was okay because then three more down, they said Taylor Harlow. So we both got scholarships, it was fantastic. Worked out. Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, well, I, uh, I live in Rhode Island now. Uh, the, the tiny, tiny state of Rhode Island, mm -hmm. uh, which has been fun. Um, just uh, hanging out, hanging out, being a, being a human. Um, this is the longest uh, my partner Michael and I have ever been together in one <laughs> sitting, just because we typically <laughs> are bouncing around the country for work. He's an artist um, as well, right? Yeah, he's an actor too. Yeah, so, so uh, there's a weird thing of like kind of committing to uh, a long spells of long distance when you sign up to date another uh, another actor or theater human. And it is yeah very interesting. My partner and I are, are in the same situation right now. Uh, her parents were like, you guys have never been together this long before. Like, is, is everything okay? Like, are you guys <laughs> yeah. still? And I'm like, no, cool. it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've had the same experience. Um, it's been so nice. Um, and as you know, we got a dog, which is mm. something that would have never happened uh, in the before times. So because uh, you're in New York. Yeah, because New York, because of traveling. Um, we were we were living together in New York, but uh, we were rarely ever both there. And we were worried about having enough time to, you know, train the dog, spend time with the dog, yeah. <laughs> do things with the dog. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of all, it's kind of all been nice. It's nice to just be a person for a little while uh, in, a, in a beautiful place. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Um, so when, when quarantine hit, or as I like to call it, the plague, when the plague struck, um, yeah. did, did y'all just decide to give up your spot in New York City and sort of vacate to quieter places? Yeah, so um, the way this went down was I was actually doing a show in the city. I was doing a production of Twelfth Night, and uh, I was in Rhode Island for the weekend to see Michael opening um, Assassins. And I was on a train ride back, and I got an email from my production saying, hey, we're done. It's canceled. And then minutes later, hey, Broadway's down. We're done. <laughs> and wow. so I went up to our apartment uh, in Washington Heights, packed all my things, and then got back on the Amtrak and just went back to Rhode Island. Wow. Uh, it so was goofy. You still, you still have your apartment there? No, we moved out. Our lease ended in July. Mm -hmm. um, 
and all of our roommates left. Everyone was just like, hey, don't want to be stuck in our very, very tiny apartment. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, we scattered across the country. Uh, we just kept it as a very expensive storage space until everyone could make arrangements to get their stuff out of there. Um, and then since we're so close, um, we went back and moved out over the course of like three Subaru trips and just nice. made it happen. And that's what makes a Subaru a Subaru, you know? And that's what, I'm a big Subaru <laughs> fan now. I didn't think I would be, but man, I will back a Subaru any day. That's fantastic. Um, so Taylor, let's learn a little bit about you. You, you were born and then what happened? So you're born and raised in Kansas city. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, Overland park. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, gosh, I, I don't know. I was born. Went and to then school. what happened? I know it's a, it's <laughs> a big, uh, it's a big undertaking. It's a big, it's a big, a big question. Um, yeah. Well, I see. I went, uh, to Blue Valley North for high school. Um, did a lot of theater in the community, uh, went to University of Minnesota for college, uh, mm-hmm. the Guthrie program, and then went back to Kansas City very briefly, and then moved to New York. When did you, um, th- was there a moment when you had, like, an idea that this was something you could do, like, professionally, like, as a, as, like, a lifestyle, as opposed to, like, a hobby or on the side, like, do you remember, uh, having that thought? Yeah, um, I think it gradually grew. I did a production of The Wizard of Oz at the Culture House when I was, I think, 14. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking like, hey, this is pretty cool. These guys, these guys are in the arts and they do this for a job. Mm -hmm. I'm going to explore this more. Um, And then I think just through high school, it really got more and more solidified for me that uh, I wanted to do this. And my parents were very much like, hey, how about a business degree? And then oh, really? we can do this on the side. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they deny it. I said it at my graduation speech and they were like, no, we didn't do that. They did. They did. Um, <laughs> You're just like, you just taught me to be more stubborn than that. So here I am. Yeah, exactly. Um, but eventually, I mean, they have, they're the most supportive and wonderful. Um, but yeah, at a certain point, I just went, hey, I'm going to apply to these schools. And if yeah. it happens, it happens. And it did. And it's been going fine. So uh, yeah, no, they, they, they came around pretty quick. Um, are anyone in your family like um, artists or musically inclined or anything? Um, the person, the only person well, I should say my dad had his star moment at Musical Theater Heritage and Hello Dolly as part of the men's chorus that came on for the big number. Oh, um, when was so he, that? He, that was um, summer of 2013, maybe. Oh, um, a late bloomer. <laughs> a late bloomer. Um, and Gary Neal Johnson was, um, I, I don't remember the guy's name now, the main guy. Uh-huh. And my dad in his bio, you know, he's been in 90 plus productions or whatever it says. And my dad was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna reach it. <laughs> um, that's been his only production, but he's very proud of it. So I gotta mention that. Do you think um, he like wants to follow in your shoes a bit? Like, do you think he caught the bug a little? Like he no, actually wants to keep doing it? Or he was just like- Not bored? at all. No, How he's he just a weirdo. <laughs> he just, I, well, I, you know, he was like, it'd be fun to do a show with my daughter and Honestly, his favorite part was just the curtain call. 
running across the stage <laughs> waving. He's like, hey, how do I do that? How do I just do that part? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you can. He just likes the part where you receive applause. <laughs> exactly. I didn't say it. We're um, all guilty of it. Oh, man. I don't even remember what the question was now. <laughs> mm, that's okay. This is very free form. Um, so what, what was uh, the production you were working on before uh, pre-plague? Tell us a little bit about that. Pre-plague, um, I was doing a production of Twelfth Night with this company called Hamlet Isn't Dead. Um, and their whole thing is producing uh, all of the Shakespeare plays, I believe in order they were written. Um, I might be wrong on that, but um, it was really fun. It was a very, um, very different uh, process than I was used to, um, just in terms of rehearsal and uh, their views on Shakespeare. And it was really, it was really fun. I met a lot of awesome people and we were in our final weekend. So we got to do the show a few times, which was fun. Yeah, um, yeah it was nice. I think that's a gift to have rehearsed and, and been able to perform for a few audiences because throughout the course of these I've chatted with some folks who were like, yeah, we were canceled like at places of our opening night or like, you yeah. know, I was about to go on for the part I understudy and they canceled the show. And I'm just like, wow, like right. at so many different places all over the country and I guess all over the world, right? I mean, theaters just all of a sudden like at the drop of a hat, we're like, no more. Truly, truly, yeah. No, I, I had a very lucky occurrence with that. A lot of people just didn't even get to get to do it. I know, crazy. And um, what have you been up to since you've since you've left the city? Besides, you know, living in nature and adopting a, a precious dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I suppose. I, guess... I mean, how how are you staying like creatively inclined? Sure. I mean, to be perfectly honest, like for most of this uh, pandemic, I haven't felt very creative. I haven't felt the impulse to be creative. Um, I don't know why that is, but um, yeah, I have uh, my, my partner and I built uh, a voice studio. So we've been doing a lot of voiceover and audiobook um, production, which has been really, really fun uh, and a nice outlet for that. I, I, uh, I'm pretty new to the audiobook game, but I'm finding it to be really awesome and exciting. Um, what else have we done? Uh, I run a I run a business, uh, which was kind of my side my side hustle in New York. Yeah. Um, which has now become a much uh, larger part of my life. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's in uh, digital marketing. Um, so oh, cool. I. Yeah, I primarily have worked with arts organizations and nonprofits. Um, so obviously when the pandemic hit, uh, I lost a couple clients, but um, I gained a couple and one of them has just hired me on as their digital content manager as of January 1st. So Very I got cool. like kind of a big kid job and uh, it's a really, really wonderful company. So I'm nice. about that. And you can do that all remotely, which is like a dream in these, you know, in these plague times. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so what was like the, the impetus for you to, to start performing? Like, was there a moment when you like, remember like singing along to movies that you were watching or like, when did you sort of like get bitten by this, by this bug? <laughs> um, gosh, I don't know. I, um, 
I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty shy person. Generally, I, uh, I don't know that I ever had a moment of like, here I am, everyone's watching and I love it. Yeah. Um, but my parents sent me to camp center stage when I was young. I don't know. Did you do that? I don't think so, but it does remind me of that like Netflix movie called Center Stage. <laughs> oh, I don't know that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all I could think of. But no, I don't think I did that. Um, yeah, I think they just mostly sent me there to, you know, give me something to do during the summer. Sure. Um, but I think that was probably a large part of it because it was just really fun. And I liked all the people involved. And um, yeah, I don't know if there was a big moment. My uh, neither one of my parents uh, has really any connection to the theater. Um, my mom talks about she always had a the CD of Phantom of the Opera, so <laughs> that's something that I listened to a lot uh, growing up. Uh, so that probably had something to do with it. Sure, sure, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, <laughs> so, like, once we're able to sort of gather again, you know which is like sort of the only thing that theater requires of us uh, is to like gather people in a room, which is the one thing yeah. we can't do right now. Um, are there things that you hope um, like shift during and after this pandemic in terms of the way that theaters operate um, or who they employ or who has access to them? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, at the peak of the Black Lives Matter movement being covered by the media, um, you know, so many theaters have committed to hiring more BIPOC artists and producing more BIPOC work. And so I think it'll be really interesting and I'm really excited to, you know, see all of those companies put their money where their mouth is, right? Mm. And, you know, <laughs> obviously it's long overdue. Um, so while this has been a horrible time for our industry, I think it is going to be a catalyst for some really meaningful change yeah I hope it I hope it I hope it happens I hope that you know I can be part of making it happen and having good conversations and you know I don't know I, I I'm hopeful that yeah. it will come to fruition I think it's interesting and I think I've chatted with some folks on, on this um, about this idea, but I don't know if that would have, have come to fruition or received so much attention had we not all been forced to sort of be still and almost like glued to our phones for several weeks. You know what I mean? Uh, during, during the height of that in the summer. And I wonder what it looks like for theaters to continue to like hold themselves accountable and have higher standards and have these conversations. And I'm super hopeful as well that we can like help usher in an era of like more equitable and just companies and productions. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. And I think, you know, anyone who has said, hey, we'll make these changes. If they don't, I think there's gonna be quite a reckoning for them. So. Yeah, right, as there should be. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm excited. I think, I think it's going to really have a positive impact on the theater scene. Yeah, I hope so too. It's so strange because I feel like theater is, it's so old. It's like the most ancient form of storytelling. And in some ways, like the social and structure of it is kind of still like lagging behind in some ways. 
You know what I mean? And, and in terms of who it employs and who it like reaches, who has access to it. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, during all of this, I don't know about you, but like, I did a lot of, uh, not introspection, but just like, soul searching. You know, <laughs> yeah, soul, soul searching. And also like, just coming to terms with the idea that, especially in school, like theater is build as such this accepting place, right? That everyone can go mm. and feel like they have a community. And if you're a weirdo or an outcast, like this is, these are your people. And so, you know, just to really have it brought to my attention and everyone's that like, that wasn't the case for everyone. And I totally missed the, <laughs> missed the ball on that. Like that, that's really heartbreaking to me. So I hope that especially on an educational level that changes will be implemented. Yeah. I wonder in what ways like colleges and especially like training programs where, you know, they're supposed to be, we're paying to be trained to like, you know, gain entrance into this industry. I wonder how right. they can begin to sort of knock down those walls as well. Um, I guess yeah. we could have a whole nother podcast on, on just that. <laughs> yes, I truly. certainly don't have all the answers, but um, yeah, I think that's a good place to start. It has to be with like the education um, and the way that we're like learning to interact with this community and the people that are involved with it. Yeah, it's just, it's so damn expensive, all of it. Even when you're in New York, it's what do expensive. You mean? <laughs> just, I mean, to get an education, to get a college degree is so expensive. And, you know, to continue networking and having all the like casting director classes and training. I mean, it's just, it's so. And headshots um, and classes and. Headshots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just never ending. And, you know, I'm. I know people are being left out because they can't afford it. It's a huge barrier for so many. So yeah, I and also even when you're that. just beginning to uh, learn or be interested in the arts, like there's a huge price tag on like voice and dance lessons or you know Classes. camps and stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, it is is a very pricey profession that doesn't make a lot of money. That usually, doesn't really <laughs> pay back. <laughs> I know I was talking to Brie Woods um, and she was like, I was like, my parents also really wanted me to go get a business degree, uh -huh. even though I like definitely my heart was in theater. And she's like, I eventually was like a brat and was like, no, this is what I'm good at. And I'm studying theater. And she's like, now I wish I would have just gotten a double major and done both. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I, uh, I feel the same way because... I don't know. It is. I'm very thankful for my education. Obviously, I'm very privileged to have that opportunity at all. But in some ways, it is a very niche education to have, you know, very yeah. expensive niche education. <laughs> yeah, very expensive. Lots of great skills, but uh, not a lot of money. Yeah, I agree. Um, what, once we're able to gather again as well and like the industry sort of begins churning again, are there any like um, goals that you have for yourself or like things that you're dying to return to or that you'd like to see happen for your like own personal artistic journey? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, my brain hasn't moved past the point of just being in a room with my friends again. 
<laughs> Amen. Uh, we have a weekly Dungeons and Dragons group, and it, although we've continued it on Zoom, it's just not quite the same. Um, That's fantastic. <laughs> Honestly, like my, what I want, like deep down in my heart of hearts, is just to like have my like 15 like closest friends from like every place I've ever lived in the same like at the same table and just eat like a gorgeous meal for five hours yes. and just drink yes. like, unlimited red wine yes <laughs> yes oh yeah man I'm so excited um okay but um artistic uh things um well, uh, I would love to do some more TV film stuff, which is already kind of coming back in a limited capacity. Um, so I think pursuing that a bit more. Um, yeah, my, my nerdy heart just like really wants to like, you know, something in the world of The Witcher. That's kind of where my, my life feels like it's going. <laughs> like a sort of fantastical, like Game of Thrones-esque yeah, I just like really want to be paid to like fight someone with a sword. And that's oh. that's in a dream world how I would make my living. Is that going to happen? We'll see, but um those I are my dreams. I see it for you. I see it for sure. It's either sword or I could see you with like quarter staff or something, you know. Oh, love a quarter staff. Love a quarter staff. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think this has been a really nice reset and time to reevaluate priorities. And, you know, before this kicked off, I, I know a lot of actors, at least in New York, who are feeling really bogged down by the audition season and, you know, mm. stuff not happening. And I'm just, I'm feeling a lot of gratitude these days and feeling really more grounded and more confident than I have in a long time. Uh, so I'm excited to just kind of get back into the auditioning world and go in there and because I, I feel very confident in what I have to offer. Which Do you think that I has come that with just like a little bit of time to be still and like sort of recharge a little bit? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I think it's so hard. I have the tendency as an actor, um, which I think is pretty easy to fall into of like, I can be whatever you need. I can be that role. I can do that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think I've just had some time to really sit with myself and be like, oh, this is what I actually want. This is who I, who I am. Yeah. Um, oh no. Did it freeze? No, you're oh, not frozen. I had yeah. a director once say to me like, um, I would call that like what we get for free with you. You know what I mean? Like you walk into a room and some people call that typing, but that kind of makes me uncomfy and weird. But like I had a director who was like, for with you, we get this for free. Like you don't have to try and do this or be this. This is just like what you bring into the room. And this is something we get for free, which I, I like that verbiage. Um, so it sounds like you've like become increasingly comfy with what we get for free with you. Yeah, I love that. Cause you know, as you go into audition rooms, it's so easy to see, like, I went in, I was in for a production of Our Town, and this woman walked in, and I, that's, that's her, that's Emily, done, I think that's yeah. the character's name, um, and, and she ended up getting it, I mean, you just, there's so many fantastic actors that have something so valuable and so unique to bring, that I think down what you have to offer, and what makes your and you know I think it's I think it's really 
valuable information to have. Totally. And I think that figuring out what that is for you will help you in your journey as an actor. Like if, if I can figure out like, this is what I get for free, this is what I'm really good at. And what like my piece of the puzzle, it also will help you, I think, audition a little smarter, right? Like, so you're not going in for like these roles because you're like, well, it says like white person, I guess I could do that. But it's like, yeah, is sure. it like, you know, is it this, you know, what's their role in the, the story and how do they, you know, interact and what's their function? Um, I feel like that's so valuable. And I don't know if that's necessarily something that we're taught in school, but something you just kind of have to learn yourself. I don't think so at all. I think kind of at a bare minimum, you're given the type, you know, yeah. um, which I think is pretty silly generally, but um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think anyone really puts an emphasis on trying to figure out what makes you happy, what makes you excited. I think it's, yeah much more you know audition for everything uh if you fit the if you fit the general bill um and try and give yourself as much opportunity as you can which i think is maybe valuable in some cases but um yeah that that has been a really exciting artist thing for me and something that i'm really looking forward to once we can be back in a room doing our thing amen yeah i'm dying to do that um is there something in particular that you're like uh, really excited to get back to in the theater arts world like one particular thing like you would have like right now if you could an experience or um I mean I'd love to just go see a really good show mm. I really just want to be in be in a theater that's that's it it's a simple <laughs> it's a simple wish on stage in the audience in the dressing room I don't really care just <laughs> sweeping I, the floors I'll do whatever <laughs> I, truly I just I miss I miss the feeling I miss the community um I just miss everything about it um yeah, yeah it's yeah that's fantastic um okay well we should begin to wrap up a little bit do you have any projects happening right now that you can shout out or where can we find you Oh, sure. Um, well, right now, my voice has been lent to um, a radio play version of A Christmas Carol uh, with Lean Ensemble Theater based in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Um, I have a website, I guess, taylorharveyonline.com. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel weird about it. It's what this is. Uh, and I'm on the gram. It, it's a lot of my dog, but I finally made my dog an Instagram and became that person. So uh, that's the content that I want to see. Now. <laughs> that's amazing. It's great. I've matched, um, I match pictures of her with uh, book quotes that I like. Oh, see, it's Why? intellectual too. Know. It's that's intellectual amazing. too. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Tay Tay Harbs. Tay Tay Harves, you hear that everyone? Go follow. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, I hope you have a good rest of your holiday, okay? Of course. Thanks, Taylor. Happy no holidays.